testing one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams, and I represent Utah's 4th Congressional District. Before I was elected last November, I was the mayor of Salt Lake County. It's my belief that Washington might work better if we thought about governing the country the way mayors approach leading their communities. In this podcast, I'm hoping to show you what being a member of Congress is really like and whether it's possible to run this country the way we run our local governments. Welcome to Washington. I'm meeting in my office right now with uh, representatives from USARA. Uh, They work in the space of substance addiction recovery. And I'm going to give them a chance to tell tell us a little bit about USARA, what USARA is, and and what we're talking about today. So let me first start by handing it off to Javier. Tell us what USARA stands for, first of all, and a little bit about the mission, and then why you're here meeting with me. Thank you. My name is Javier Alegre, and I have been at USARA going on four years. USARA stands for Utah Support Advocates for Recovery Awareness, and our mission is to provide free-of-charge services for individuals in recovery that want to either engage or sustain their recovery in the, in the long term. Our offices are located in 21st South and 180 East, and we have been in business or, or open since 2007. So we have been very fortunate to have you as an ally and as a supporter for a long time. And we're here in Washington because we're members of the ARCO organization with this Association of Recovery Community Organizations, which USARA is an RCO, Recovery Community Organizations, and this is our annual meeting. And every time we come to this meeting, we make time to come and talk to our representatives and tell them what we're working on, tell them some of the things that we would like their support, some of the bills and some of the legislation that is either on the floor or coming to the floor or things that we would like them to pay attention as far as the services as we provide. So just to wrap it up, I am a person in long-term recovery, and this work is a passion. And also I'm here to show everybody that recovery is possible, and we are the face of recovery. So I, I came to know USARA. I've actually had a, so a long working relationship with USARA, starting when I was in the state senate in 2009, and, uh, and then later as mayor of Salt Lake County, and now developing a new relationship and a new job uh, as a member of Congress. But Utah has been really forward-thinking, I would say. And it's, I would say it's been bipartisan. Um, some incredible leaders, Republican and Democrat, who recognize, I think, first of all, in the area of substance abuse and recovery, that the smart thing to do, both probably fiscally is to support recoveries. You know, addiction is an awful disease and one that's hard for people to overcome. And if you try and treat addiction through the criminal justice system alone, it's expensive and the the likely and not sustainable. Mm. And the likelihood of success is is really low. Uh, you know, less than what r- around twenty percent of people. Well, less. I think less, less than that. Less. And the, yeah. uh, what it's eighty percent will recidivate within two years of, of coming out of jail. Uh, and so that's really expensive, uh, just f- economically speaking. But the other side to it is the human toll of, of treating addiction and recovery poorly. It tears family apart. It takes parents away from their children, uh, children away from their parents, siblings. It just tears families apart. And, and I, communities. And communities and apart. Communities, entire, yes. yeah, entire communities. I've seen as the mayor of Salt Lake County, um, First of all, what this does to our budget, the, mm-hmm. the, the wrong approach to criminal justice and, uh, and recovery. But, you know, 
in public hearing after public hearing as I meet with parents who say, I just want my child back. And, you know, and sometimes they've, they're the ones who have severed the relationship. They say, I can't have them living in my home when, with their addiction, but I want my, I want my child back. And what can you do to get my child back? And the good news is Utah is kind of let out in figuring out what works. And so prevention, first of Mm all, uh, people doing what it takes to help people not find drugs to begin with, but then treatment when people are having addiction and then long-term recovery. So some of the things that we know work really well, treatment Mm -hmm. works, um, but exiting treatment, um, this peer support and peer recovery. So maybe I'll have you all, you all talk a little bit about what peer support and peer recovery is, but I'm going to describe it this way. Somebody said the other day, I was in a meeting, I'm on a, a working group on addiction and, um, you know, relating back to my experiences as the mayor of Salt Lake County and what we've done to successfully, uh, help people into long-term recovery. But somebody said the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And so addiction is oftentimes a symptom of loneliness and, and, um, and to overcome addiction, it's, it's to have a community. And so what I've seen is I've been welcomed into as, as mayor and now as congressman, I go to a lot of the, uh, the recovery community has picnics and celebrations and things that I, that I love to attend because one thing I think that's important is destigmatizing addiction. It is a disease. Uh, people who, who suffer from addiction aren't bad people, mm-hmm. but they are plagued with a disease that, you know, is oftentimes, not always, but has uh, other co-occurring factors, sometimes mental illness, yes. um, other factors. And, and if we treat it like a disease, it's, it's treatable. Absolutely. Um, and, but destigmatizing is important. You have to have people feeling comfortable to talk about it right. and then seek treatment and seek help. And for, if, if the opposite of addiction really is a connection, then you have to destigmatize that people have to come out and say what their what their sickness is, and then they have to find support. And if, and so peer recovery, peer support, has been so important because people find friendship and and support in their recovery and strength in their recovery from people who have maybe been through it as well, and they they support each other and lift each other up. And some amazing people who I got to know, who I call personal friends today, um, who are people in in long term recovery. And they've, they're saving lives as they help other people take the same path. So let me hand it off here. Hello, I'm Becca Brown. I am a woman in long-term recovery. Um, I am a mother, a wife, a sister, a friend, and I work at USERA. I am a certified peer support specialist, as well as the education and training director at USERA. And my passion with peer support comes from my lived experience as a woman in recovery. In September, I will have 11 years in recovery. But when I began my recovery journey, connection was the key pivotal thing that moved me from from that place of desperation and loneliness and really just trying to navigate where to go next. I felt like I was behind in life and that I had so much to catch up on as well as, you know, just showing up every day and recovery support services definitely would have moved me forward in my journey. Luckily, I had connection through other community resources, but that was limited and I, you know, my passion really is our support for families who are getting into recovery and they have children and much like myself they're looking for that safe space 
um, that non-judgmental area where they can celebrate their life in recovery, um, but also have a space for their children to celebrate what recovery means to them. Personally, as a woman in recovery and as a mom in recovery, I've had my own tragedies in this journey. Four years ago, before I began working for you, Sarah, um, my son's father died from a drug overdose. And it wasn't until I began working for you, Sarah, that I learned about the different supports available in our community that could have helped his father. It's been a very painful journey, and I've learned that there are so many other children like my son. And USERA gives a space to begin, no matter where you're at in recovery. And that's one of the greatest things I appreciate is whether it's before treatment, during treatment, after treatment, 5, 10, 15 years in recovery, there's a space for you at USERA. Okay, I'm going to hand it off to Troy. Troy describes himself as a as an ally. You're at the University of Utah. You're, you're help with some of the statistical analysis. One of the things that's important in, in peer support and in treatment generally, one of the things that I found as mayor is there's very little evidence around what works because it's only been within the last, you know, 15, 20 years that this is that we're starting to uh, to destigmatize addiction. It used to be just something that was hidden and not talked about, and so it's hard to get programs that that had statistical evidence behind them. But as 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 we're de- we are destigmatizing and treatment is becoming more common, uh, we also are now taking a scientific approach to see what works and what's needed. Uh, I saw as mayor, you get people into treatment, but then if they leave treatment and and it's just cold they go from from intensive treatment and support where they have that connection and then they're sent into society with nothing the odds of relapse again are high so there are things that we found that are post-treatment that are important for long-term recovery like peer support and other things so Troy um, as someone who is supporting this from the uh, social scientist social work and love for you to to give your thoughts about peer support generally and recovery and and what you're working on Thanks, Ben. Uh, my name's Troy Bennett. I'm with the Social Research Institute at the University of Utah in the Col- College of Social Work. And USARA contracts with us to evaluate some of their programs. And uh, we've been working with them to evaluate a concept that's called recovery capital. And we've also been working with them to evaluate outcomes from training programs for family members and for peers themselves. And um, we're here, I'm here in Washington. As Javier mentioned, we're at the ARCO conference. And uh, we were doing a presentation together about using data to tell your story and how data and statistics kind of back up the anecdotal evidence and the qualitative data, uh, the stories that people have. And um, one thing that we've noticed as we've been measuring recovery capital is that there's been a statistically significant increase in recovery capital amongst what is recovery capital. Recovery capital it's, you know, I come from a youth development background, and a lot of what we worked with worked on when we were helping to uh, develop protective factors in communities to help offset any risk factors that youth have, may have for getting into drugs, getting into criminal activity, joining gangs. And so we would do that by establishing um, different programs and community centers where youth could establish some of what you all are talking about, this connection to the community and this feeling like you have a safe place to go. And I think that's what USARA really does well, is they build, help people build recovery capital in their lives. They help them build a connection to a community and to have 
access to resources to help them at, with health care, with employment skills, with uh, having someone to talk to if they're struggling so that they can maintain their own recovery journey. Another really interesting program um, is it's a, called CRAFT, and it's a training program for family members who have a loved one who's struggling with addiction. And um, we've been doing pre- and post-surveys with people who've been participating in CRAFT, and there's been a statistically significant increase in knowledge, skills, and confidence. And this is knowledge meaning I, have, I know what to do to help my family. I have an idea of what I can do. And um, skills is I, have, I feel like I have the skills to do those things. I know how to interact with my loved one. I know how to support them. And then confidence, which is really important, is I, I feel confident that I can help. And so uh, the numbers help back up the story. USAR is making a difference. And uh, so I, I hope that they continue to do good work in Salt Lake and throughout Utah. I think USARA is the classic, it's an ounce of prevention that's a, worth a pound of cure, right? Uh, actually, from a government perspective, really cheap, especially when you consider what you save us in the cost of, of treating, the cost of victims of crime who might, you know, if somebody's in recovery and, and obeying the law and contributing back to society, they're not breaking into a car or and where it has victims and, and cost. Um, it also, they're raising their kids, right? Um, they're uh, giving back to society. They're paying taxes. And so it is the ounce of prevention that's worth the pound of cure, um, which is why I've been such a proud supporter of USARA and, and doing more to destigmatize addiction and to uh, help people in recovery to succeed and to reintegrate into society and form those connections. And so much so that you know many of the people that I've met along the way, as I mentioned, are now um, personal friends. Uh, and people who I care about. So I want you to succeed because if you succeed, people I care about succeed. And I want to say, you know, the more we destigmatize addiction, the more it comes out of the shadows, there's probably not a person in this country that as it's destigmatizing, you learn that this person I cared about that, that was always a little bit different, there was an addiction. You know, and now that we understand that and it's treated, but I think there's not a person in this country who doesn't know somebody and care for somebody who's been harmed by addiction. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately, yes, it's about saving tax dollars for sure, but it's about helping people to live whole lives and connected to their fabric and their family and their loved ones and to live complete lives, right? Absolutely. I just wanted to, to sum it up in, in a few words, and I think... Some of the points that you make are so 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 dead on, so spot on, um, and I wanted just to um, talk a little bit about the recovery capital point. Yeah. Think of it of, as, a, as from from an investment perspective, right? So so you want to think for the future, and you start to save money for retirement or whatever is it that you want to accomplish in the future, um, or you start to learn about what is the best way to invest, what to do with the market. Is it's it's struggling at one now? It's it's the same concept. But with recovery, recovery is a chronic disease that should be treated as such. You know, when somebody is diagnosed with cancer, they have um, all sorts of resources. And then they have post-care for five years up to ten years. So you, they don't let you go until five years into your remission. That's when you stop going every month or every three months to do a checkup. So as you say... If we, if we think of recovery as the chronic disease that it is, and then we create a continuum of cares that includes pre-treatment and post, 
then we have a much higher chance of sustaining recovery. And just to just to back up what you said about leaving treatment or leaving um, incarceration, which is a higher or probation or paroles or um, a very highly uh, supervised form of treatment in any way, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, individuals are most vulnerable at that point because they need the connection to a, a community that can support them in continuing the work that they learn and the skills they learn in treatment. So, so yeah, yes, yes, yes to everything that you said. And also, it saves money because it's a lot, a lot cheaper uh, to fund an aftercare program than it is to support treatment time after time after time. So, so yeah, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us and, and for seeing us here, seeing us in Salt Lake. Everywhere you see us, you talk to us, you take the time, and we appreciate it. Couldn't do it without your support. Thank you for taking the time to let me know how we can help from the congressional level and best wishes uh, with your other meetings on the Hill. And uh, let's continue to fight to expand our options for treatment, for prevention, and then, uh, and then long-term recovery. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to Washington. What I'd really love to hear is from you. To follow this journey, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the KSL Radio app, and anywhere you find interesting podcasts. To be part of this experiment in making the world's most powerful city responsive to citizens, please email me at tips at loudmouthproject.com. We'd like to thank the village that made this podcast possible. Andreas Martin, Danny Akana, Allison Hayron, and Congressman Ben McAdams. Washington is a production of the Loudmouth Project.